Hello and welcome to 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One, the podcast that solves your freelance problems one at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Michelle Pratt, owner of Dive Deeper Development, which is a coaching and training personal development business. And I'm your other co-host, Katie Carlisle, and I run a Squarespace website and training business, The Wheel Exists. And today we are going to talk about keeping the show on the road. Um, The world can be a very unpredictable place and there are some things that even the best business planners can't foresee, as many of us are finding out at the moment. So at the time of recording, uh, coronavirus has been declared a pandemic and we're very much at the beginning. So people are having a little, uh, people are very much up in the air with this. Now, don't worry, this isn't a coronavirus podcast. We're quite keen to steer away from that. But what we are going to look at today is how how you can plan for a crisis and how to cope in the middle of a crisis too. So how do you protect yourself and your business? As freelancers, we can feel particularly exposed. Our flexibility makes us desirable when panic sets in. It also makes us disposable in the eyes of some clients as well. So that's what we're going to look at today. Now, our first thing we're going to look uh, look at, our first tip is don't panic, which is easy to say, but really hard to do. So Katie, how does that sit with you the idea of not panicking when everything goes pear-shaped yeah I'm like the queen of panic so that doesn't work for me (laughs) but um actually funnily enough I think that with I know we're not talking like massively about coronavirus but like the my first reaction was actually not to panic and I was thinking oh I'll be fine I work remotely I'm set up for this it's all fine and it was only when I actually sat down and kind of crunched some numbers and actually added up all the projects that had been cancelled or postponed. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I need to panic. <laughs> and that that was the point at which I was kind of like, ah, okay, maybe this isn't okay. And maybe I need to do something about it. Um, so I think, I think everyone's in that place where they kind of do need to let out a little bit of worry and sort of share that with other people. But obviously in the long term, panicking actually doesn't have any kind of constructive purpose whatsoever other than letting you vent your emotions so I think my general reaction to anything changing or being different is kind of immediate panic followed by a period of reflection and then I go into like right let's figure out how to get through this mode um what about you I'm a bit slow in the emotional uptake up sometimes so my, my I'm quite optimistic so originally I was like oh I won't panic it'll be fine but then like you say the reality sets in so then like face-to-face courses training courses were being taken out of the diary and like you say when you realize how much earning potential that comes out and then when it sort of begins to set in how long that crisis might last for I was like I had a really flat couple of days and I and I also spent a lot of time kicking myself about my readiness or what I hadn't done so like like you say Katie I think you need a bit of you need to let yourself have an emotional reaction I think the trick perhaps is not to stay stuck in it or to wallow in it um just to accept that it's quite natural to to feel fearful or uncertain or a little bit anxious when things change and when you're faced with a challenge but then to sort of like you say roll up your sleeves and then spring in after a period of reflection spring into action but I suppose I wanted to start off with talking about don't panic if you can help it um I love that Baz Luhrmann quote from um everybody's free to wear sun cream he says don't worry or know that worrying is as much use as trying to solve an algebra equation by chewing bubblegum 
And um, <laughs> I, I love I quote, I quote loads of stuff from that song because I think although it is a really uncertain time, what we've probably experienced, Katie, is people pulling together and supporting each other. And actually, once you get over that initial wave of, of dread or once you allow yourself to have that initial reaction, there are plenty of things that you can do. And when you get your cool head back on, um, there's loads of opportunity there as well. So and the support out there. So, if, uh, yeah, I'd say keep a, keep a cool head. Don't panic. It will be okay. You've got through worse stuff. You're going to get through this as well. And, um, yeah, everything everything will be okay eventually. Yeah, yeah I think what's what has been really nice is is how supportive and, and kind of kind the whole freelancer community has been. And I think that's one thing that I think is really good to know in terms of if you're struggling, there are people that want to help you. And even if the government is not doing enough, that actually there are there are lots of people out there who really want you to succeed. And even if you're in a position where you literally can't figure out another way to generate income, there are people that want to help you and uh, you know want to help you figure it out as well as financially just actually by kind of you know buying your services and everything there are people that want to help you figure it out and collaborate and i'm seeing like you know really nice comments in all the groups and everything where people are giving people other people suggestions on how to manage and everything so it's just yeah it's it's been really heartening to see how all the freelance community is pulling together and so i think that is something to bear in mind if even in the future you're struggling with your business actually there's no shame in reaching out to people and asking for help if you are worried and panicking and it's nice to have a safe space in which you can do that so I felt like I wouldn't I didn't want to necessarily panic kind of publicly like I've seen some people who are who are panicking very publicly and there's nothing wrong with that but I didn't feel like that was something I wanted to do but I've got you know a whatsapp group of some freelance friends and so I kind of panicked in there because I knew it was a safe space and I could be a bit more specific about like money and stuff rather than which I didn't really want to share publicly and so that was then really nice and some off the back of that somebody actually said to me oh actually I've been I need somebody to do this work I'll get in touch with you and so I think there are ways to to sort of reach out and but maybe while you're in the middle of the panic probably isn't the the right time to reach out very publicly necessarily so if you've got something that you're saying in the middle of panic maybe write it if there's a post you want to write or something you want to share maybe write it but then give yourself a bit of time to reflect before you actually post it or if you've recorded a video maybe rewatch it after a bit of time's elapsed and check that you still want to share it yeah because you might want to do something slightly more measured or you might not i mean you know that the human side of people is part of what makes freelancing successful i think so yeah definitely i th- i've seen like you say you've seen a lot of posts on social media i actually find after a while it was reassuring to know that other people are with you but after a while it was a bit like okay this is bringing me down and so many people have stepped away from social media but if you have someone there to support you and i suppose that's the kind of thing about saying don't panic that in the midst of it of, of the fear or the uncertainty when something originally hits you it feels like there's nowhere where, no way out or there's no way forward but actually once once you've got beyond that and uh, like you say you've had that period of reflection there are more opportunities than you think there are more people out there to support you than you realize you're not on your own and there is help and support out there so um yeah it, it, there, there are more ways forward i think than people realize when you're you're, you're in, a, in a bad place so first things first try and try and keep your cool or at least find your cool and then there are many ways forward so if we've kind of had our initial panic we've got it out of our system we're now at a point where we're like okay i I am still worried 
and that's normal and it's okay to and that's the other thing it's actually to, to recognize that it's okay to be worried don't beat yourself up for panicking or worrying because that is a natural reaction to difficult times but once you've got past that or not past it but kind of you've kind of acknowledged it and gone okay yep yeah, that's worry but what am I going to do about it? So what 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 practical things can we do, Michelle? So, okay, I've got I've got three kind of broad topics here. I was thinking that it would be useful to focus on either to prepare yourself for a crisis, or you know, and, and this could be anything. It could be like your premises burning down. It could be your clients all fall off off a cliff, or whatever whatever that looks like to you. And I was thinking maybe your finances, your business, and also you personally, your well being are some areas you might want to protect. So let's start with a boring one. Maybe let's start with the the finances, as that's probably the bit where people feel the pinch uh, most keenly. I mean, ideally, if you want to protect your yourself and your business from a from a crisis or a sudden change, it's really useful to have three to six months emergency money put aside if you can. So if you have this now, now could be a time to use it. And and I say that because sometimes people put money aside for a crisis or a difficult time for a rainy day, and then the rainy day comes and you're like, I can't touch that money, I can't touch that money. And like, well, that's kind of what you put it there for, but there's a real guilt attached to dipping into the emergency fund massively yeah we i was having this discussion with my partner yesterday because we have exactly that we have a an emergency uh emergency savings which we never expected to have to cash in because of a pandemic we were like health related problems or maybe if like the car completely breaks or if one of the animals needs surgery and isn't covered by insurance or something like that but hey, you know, it's called, con- it's contingency money and it's exactly the same. But yeah, I was a bit like, oh, I can't, I can't use it because I don't want to like, it's almost like I'm hoarding it. Like I've got kind of this weird like hoarding mentality, even though I'm like a super minimalist. I was like, oh no, I can't use that because that's like, I've got to protect it for any future emergencies. And I'm like, now now is the time to use it so i totally understand that yeah and kind of maybe feeling like you failed once you've dipped into oh i failed i've reached my my crisis point or my emergency point it's like but no that's why you do it and that's really hard i think that's hard to to deal with i got redundancy money and i took voluntary redundancy and i didn't want to spend it it's like no i worked my backside off for 12 years that's that's what i did it for to put me in this position so go easy on yourself now if you don't have an emergency fund we're not I appreciate not every freelancer is in the position to do it. Just understand that the best time to create an emergency fund was maybe six months ago, but the next best time is now. So although work could be slowing if you're facing a challenging time or you've hit a crisis point, I bet you probably still have invoices that are due to be paid over the next few weeks. So if you can, just start that fund now and just do it li- tiny little bits even small amounts will, will, will help you there too we've mentioned this before there are um current accounts out there that do it for you you can round up all your purchases to the nearest pound just those pennies on every purchase that you make will, will help so uh, if you don't kick yourself if you haven't had a chance to do it it's fine just start today if you've been somebody who has previously been spending a lot of time and money, you know, traveling and working from co-working spaces or coffee shops and you now find yourself working at home, if you kind of don't allocate that money that you would have spent elsewhere, it'll just kind of get absorbed into into other spending. So that's one way of starting to kind of save is to go, okay, what would I have spent this month on coffee shops, on trains, on client meeting travel? And can you put that aside as, as you know, to, to kickstart your emergency fund before you then spend it on something else. So 
I was thinking could now be a time if you can do it is now could be a good time to spend so I was uh, watching a video on YouTube Stefan James he does Project Life Mastery and he was saying that he has shares and I know a lot of us may not have shares but he said now is a great time like although his stocks have gone down he's actually buying more stocks because uh, stocks in Zoom apparently have gone up <laughs> unsurprisingly yeah and he said now's a really good time to buy stocks of companies really really cheaply because the markets are kind of crashed and so I and and although we don't all have stocks, I think this could be a good time to buy other things. So then you may find that products, services, software, membership, courses, there may be certain things that you want to purchase that are a little bit cheaper. So it all, you may be okay now, but you're worried if what happens if I get a dry spell in the future. But if you've got the cash available now, it might be time to make a purchase um, of certain things if they are... Um, if the price has been reduced. So now could also be a good time to invest in certain things, particularly if those things are going to help you shift course quickly or increase the capacity of your business. Um, it will feel scary and counterintuitive to do it. But if you sense that you need to pivot or offer a new product or service, like I'm seeing lots of local businesses here in the Peak District, suddenly pubs are offering takeout um, and or offering to deliver to people. And I know BrewDog are a very large company, but they've even started doing drive-through now obviously they've not they've not built drive-throughs but you place an order <laughs> and they'll bring it to your car <laughs> you just park outside shop shop in manchester are doing something similar they're delivering donuts within the city center to people there's like they've literally set up a free phone like hotline number which is hilarious uh to like elder emergency donuts and yeah we got takeaway from a local restaurant last night because we wanted to support them they're a small business they actually live around the corner from us as well and so we we went and yeah took advantage of their takeaway thing and i think just I think going back to what you were saying before, you know, it it's if you if you can financially afford it, if you help others, then I always do believe that comes round and back to you. So whilst I'm in a slightly you know could be precarious financial position, it hasn't hit that point yet. But I have had a lot of work and projects cancelled, but I still believe in supporting other small businesses where I can. So we didn't need to get takeaway yesterday, but actually. It was the first day they were offering it and I wanted to, you know, do it so then I could like talk about it and share it. And they were just really grateful and, and you know, I did a little post on their Facebooks so and then they could share it to promote what they were doing. And so I just thought, do you know what, that's a small amount of money for me in the grand scheme of things, but it makes a big difference to them. So I think it's, I think you can't give too much generally. Like obviously don't give away all of your savings and stuff but like be generous with your time yeah and uh, you know if, if everybody else is in the same crisis as you be generous with your time and if you can afford it with your money and I do believe that all comes around again yeah there's definitely a, a, an upside to spending so if you can I think now could be a good time to invest or to you might you might like say like the guilt thing using your emergency fund you might feel guilty buying new things for your business or setting up a new service but actually now could be the great time to do it I mean there, the other thing on the cost as well people worry about money coming in the other thing you can do of course and we've discussed this before is to cut your costs so we all have subscriptions to things in our business or services that we don't really need or probably are not making full use of so again you can it's probably easier to cut your costs than it is to increase your outgoings so that would be the other way yes. to ease the pressure or and even if you're okay now could be good to do a little budget review for both your business and your personal finances 
knowing that if the future is uncertain, it just gives you a bit more financial flexibility again to pivot. And I can't say that word without thinking about friends. Um, and Ross moving that sofa, um, but allow you to pivot in future if you need to. Um, again, that takes a bit of nerve, but I think probably worth doing. Yeah, I think, I mean, I did a similar thing with a client yesterday. We had a bit of a, a chat to talk about what they were paying for in terms of like their website subscriptions and um, if there was a way of consolidating anything together. And they had some domains that they didn't, use, didn't need anymore. So we've you know turned off auto renew and things like that. Um, certain certain things like I know my insurance company for example um, they allow me to pause my if I'm not working you can pause the payments or make it a lower payment at least that's with dinghy insurance so if anyone else is with them they, they're kind of specific for freelancers you can pause it if you're not working and then you don't have to pay as much and so there's little things that you might be able to do like that as well that don't necessarily require you to actually cancel a subscription but I know for example Crowdcast um, which is like a webinar service they've always had this option where if you're not doing any webinars you can you can kind of downgrade to a lower priced plan which is you know $20 less per month or something and you can still I think you can still schedule crowdcasts but you can't actually deliver them or something it's it's a way of kind of still preserving some of your content but without but without having to pay as much because you're not actually doing the live events so there's potentially services where you don't have to take the drastic measure of actually cancelling them you might just be able to downgrade to a different plan if you're not using all of the features of a paid plan yeah for example and it could be a great way to look after your own customers if you want to keep the money rolling in you could do what katie's just described there so um i mean i normally have cancellation fees if people cancel training obviously not charging those at the moment i i know that most of those will actually be rebooked I'll lose a bit of money on some of them, but I just, um, like you say, I could be really mean because the contract suppose I says I could cancel them and it might, you might think, well, at least that way I know I've still got the money in, but I do think long-term it's probably better to be understanding in this. So look after your existing customers and can you make it easy, easy for them to stay your customers if they are struggling financially too? So it might be better, as you say, to waive fees or to offer a discount or payments or a reduced offering if it means they can still keep paying you as opposed to just losing the business completely. And I think looking after your customers is probably, your existing customers, your loyal customers is absolutely key. Yeah. And we've we've talked about this before when we were, you know, talking about um, what to, how to kind of get through a dry spell financially and actually reaching out to previous customers is always a really good first step because it's much easier to rekindle a previous relationship than it is to start a brand new one and find new business and a lot of my clients I'm finding are wanting to I think we're going to use this word a lot pivot yeah. <laughs> um, so I've got one client who's who works in the event industry and you know all kinds of stuff's being cancelled for for her and so she's moving to doing online training and so I'm helping her update the website to basically you know get to, to sell to promote that and then I've got another client who um I was doing training with and but she's running around trying to secure supplies before everything kind of goes into lockdown for her business um and so one of the things I've offered to do for her is to instead of spent instead of her having to do the time training I can just kind of do the stuff for her with it because she's already prepaid so I can just get her website up and running for her and then she can add and update it later herself because she's already got that knowledge she just needed that sort of final session so I think there's lots of things you can do to help people to 
do it like you know, one of my clients again was setting up an online shop They're, they've got um, a brewery and they've got two bars and so obviously their bars are completely closing down and so I was helping them to set up an online shop so they could start selling their beer online they actually managed to work out most of it themselves they just had a few extra questions but you know I'd never charge for that support in this in this situation where it, everybody's in a difficult position yeah definitely and, and so yeah asking yourself that question how can I help my customers I, I, you know even if you've got to be a bit flexible I think can can really help the, the money continue to come in yeah and they might not have thought of some of the ideas that you have as well so you might have some creative ways for them to sort of change their business or focus on different areas of their business I mean I think everyone should have a session with you Michelle because if they're if they're stuck I mean I'm, I'm like desperately wanting to book another coaching session with you to just kind of go through okay yep how do I now focus a bit more on the online remote stuff and bring forward my timetable around doing training online and stuff so um. yes and I'm, I'm thinking of booking myself a coach or doing my own coaching session too which is is key and Katie just one last one on the financial p- protecting your finances of your business um I I would also suggest that if things get really bad financially uh, which we hope it won't happen and hopefully this isn't you but if you're thinking if you're feeling uncertain about a, cri- a crisis or you're in a dry spell um, speak to your creditors especially your mortgage company or your landlord um, really really early doors so if you've started to notice work dropping off and you know in a month or two the invoices won't be rolling in as thick and fast the payments aren't coming in do speak to your mortgage company early I used to work for a mortgage company and I can tell you that they do not want to repossess houses mortgage companies um, and and landlords actually um, don't want to repossess they lose money from this and it's stressful and it creates paperwork they would far rather come to an arrangement so if you um, so look after the roof over your head first but I've spoken to other freelancers and business owners and they've been in this position they said yeah I spoke to the mortgage company we agreed a payment holiday or we agreed reduced payments and it made a huge difference so don't bury your head in the sand if you if you do think things are going to get difficult or they are likely to get difficult soon speak up now and you'll be dealt with very sympathetically don't make people chase you yeah same with any credit card debt that you might have you know speak to the company before you miss a payment rather than after yeah and they understand I think people the people are banks are a lot more understanding than people think I'm not going to say they're fluffy or they're nice but they're a lot more understanding than people think yeah And they want to be responsible lenders, ultimately. I think that's one of the key things to remember. Yeah, definitely. So do, yeah, do speak early if you find yourself in that position. So Katie, that's that's the finances bit. That's probably the bit that people worry about most. Let's let's talk about um, how do you protect your business? So you mentioned earlier, perhaps coaching to work out how you position your business. What can we do to protect our business? our business from uh from the impact of a crisis or a sudden change well it's like you were saying with the um with the best time to start an emergency fund and i know you and i have both had the discussion where we've said we've been kicking ourselves a little bit for not getting ourselves more established earlier on with things that could be done as online training or could be done as remote training but actually yeah like you were saying with the emergency fund the next best time to start is now so if you've had an idea that's been bubbling away for a while for an alternative sort of income stream or if you've been thinking about doing stuff remotely or doing an online course or doing stuff over video chat then now is the time to do it so i think now is we've talked in the past about working on your business as well as in your business now is the best time to be doing that prep work because we we might see 
you know, after this initial kind of hesitance to spend, you know, there's going to be a point where people have to start getting things moving again in the future. So what can you do now to get yourself ready for that so that you have the capacity to take on more when everything starts running again? And so if if you're in a difficult spot work-wise, how can you spend some extra time if you've got a bit of time because you're not doing client work? What can you create? Yeah. So can you do, can you start a podcast? Can you do write some blog content? Or what can you do to monetize? So can can you create? I think online training is a very popular one because people are taking this time to learn new skills when they're out, you know off work. So not just other freelancers, but you know lots of people who are working from home and can't do their full job. They're taking this time to upskill so that when they return to work, they're in a better position. So what skills can you provide them with, and what help can you give them to be able to do that? I think is a really good one. I think yeah having different routes to market is is a good one so so if one of those routes to market falls by the wayside you've got one you can either expand or maximize when times get hard so I deliver training and, and coaching face to face I've also done it um via what we call virtual classrooms or uh, uh, digitally for a few years now which puts me a few years ahead of a lot of other people so when the face to face training fell off uh, the virtual training stayed in and I train virtual trainers as well and suddenly that's become in demand so I've had a, a bit of a shift from face to face to over distance so having those different routes to customers was really useful so can you uh, vary the way that you get to people if you go through a certain route at the moment can you increase those so don't, don't dilute your business but can you do other things and like you say Katie can you pre-record things that you could give to people if you were sick can you uh, either whether it's a podcast whether it's on a video whether it's an online course whether it's um perhaps if you've got another freelancer who you work with you know who you collaborate with can you have two of you uh, to work with it as well so see if you can diversify the way you get to your customers that if one route gets blocked off you've still got other ways to get there as well and I suppose another one is multiple in income streams. So Katie and I said we've, we've been kicking ourselves. We've been looking at different ways of um, we've, we, we want to reach our customers um, and we all intend to do it. We've got our side projects, but we don't really go around it. But again, can you get income from more than one activity? So I've got training and coaching and train the trainer and possibly online courses as well. Um, again, if we rely on one thing, then it's a single point of failure, I guess. So if we haven't done that already is that something you can start to do quickly and can and, and can you build that for the future now I think sometimes people think that that takes a lot of work to develop a new product I don't know Katie how long do you think it takes to de develop a new new product because that sounds easy but it could be quite complicated I think the key is probably to start small and rather than say right okay I'm going to develop an entire like separate website for a separate business and you know create this whole new entity and everything's going to be perfect before I launch it I mean, we've talked before about the minimum viable product so what's the smallest thing you can do just to test the market and get it out there quickly so if you're you know if, if you could potentially train one element of what you do rather than say you were a photographer rather than creating a whole massive how to become a professional photographer course what's a small thing you could teach people about an el one element of photography so it might just be how to find good light when you're a photographer how to frame a picture when you're a photographer just things like that 
where you can break it down so you can get that done really quickly, that content, you can get it out in the world. You know, if you don't have a huge audience already, there are platforms like Skillshare where you can put your course on there and then you get paid based on how many people watch that course. And so like I, I have a I have a really small course on there and I get about 20 quid a month off it. So I, you know, and that was a really short course. I did it years ago. I think it probably could be a lot better than it is. And so if you actually took the time to put a few on there, platforms like that, you'll get, you know, people look who are looking for that type of course. Look for gaps in the market as well. So again, rather than creating something that exists and people who've got, you know, really established audiences are selling similar things, what are they not doing? What are they doing that you could do differently? And what, or if you've got a small audience, that could still be a really good source of income for you if they all have the same problem and you can fix that problem. So I'd say look for what problems you can solve quickly, break it down into bite-sized chunks because you can always combine it later to form a big product. But I'd say get stuff out there quickly. And even if you don't have a product yet, you can still start selling it. So you can take pre-orders where you give people a discount if they pay up front, and then you can gauge what the demand is for that product. So some people say it's a bit unethical to do this, but I think it's fine if you're actually intending to do it. If you say, right, okay, if you, you know, I'm taking pre-orders, I'm, I'm making a course, it's gonna cover X, Y, and Z. Even if that doesn't exist yet, I think there's no problem in taking people's money as long as you actually do create the course in the end um yeah so and i think that you know as yeah it makes as, sense it makes sense to do it to demand otherwise yeah. you'd be creating something that people don't want or need exactly so you can you can start pre-selling and give people a discount and then once it's actually live you can you know increase your price a little bit so i think that's the main way to start whatever you're going to do just try and start start at the smallest quickest point to get something out there because other people are going to be having the same ideas and so the quicker you can get out there in front of your audience the better yeah, and start with one customer or a yeah. handful of customers, like a, a part, you know, a test group if you like. Then you can get testimonials, but then you also can get the word out and demonstrate what you've done rather than wait months to get it going. So I think that's a really, really good idea, Katie. Just get it out there, um, and you don't have to create whole masses and masses of multiple income streams, but just the, like say that flexibility to offer a new service. Or the other option, of course, if you don't want to offer a new service, is can you offer your product to a new market? So you may currently have. A product or service that you deliver to a certain type of customer at the moment you may you could think sideways think laterally about this if there are other people that can either use your service that you don't currently do in a totally different industry or could is there part of what you offer which is something that uh, they really like i had a friend that used to sell um sportswear and um she 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 used to sell the whole shebang the clothing and the printing and all that kind of thing and in the end she went down to just selling socks just <laughs> socks and sometimes you find there's just one part of your business that people that somewhere somewhere else could really really use so yeah yeah um i would i would yeah look either look for new new markets new customers or of course new products and services as well there's that there's there's a there's um a, there is a four box model for that i can't remember what it is off the top of my head if i find it i'll stick it in our show notes um about uh that, that helps you understand where to find you, your growth do you go for mass market do you open up your market do you go niche um do you offer more products or do you go quite narrow so yeah, different directions to take your business in. And it's also, I you know, again, this is sort of general advice for if you're in a crisis situation or if you're really stuck, but actually in the current corona-based crisis that we find ourselves, it is kind of a whole new world of no one quite knows what it's going to look like 
you know, in a few months or even in a year. And so some of it is a bit of an experiment. So if you can, if you can do a few different projects to test the water and then assess which one's working, then you can just kind of ditch the other ones. And again, that's, there's no harm in doing that. And then just go with what's working as you learn. Cause we're all going to be, we're all going to be figuring things out a little bit as we go at the moment because no one really knows what it's going to look like is you know is is remote working going to become more established even as we return to sort of a vague sense of normality we just don't know and so i think yeah. just i think just trying things that you can then change quite quickly and experiment with is is the most sensible way to do it i find that fascinating will people suddenly go oh i was always told i couldn't have flexible working clearly it now works or will people snap back in like rubber band theory will they snap back into their old behaviors once we get back to normal i suspect a little bit of that might happen depending on how long we we end up in this situation for the other thing you can do for your business um as well is you can actually learn new skills now so we talked about can you diversify or can you find new markets or new services can you be ready to pivot um and so if you are finding yourself in a crisis or change or a dry spell and you don't know what to do with that time if you if you're working from home and you have time on your hands can you learn a new skill so once you've watched all the netflix box sets <laughs> or whatever or, or you're fed up talking to your neighbors um can you learn a new skill um and i think this is really you know you could do yourself a little swot analysis or whatever and you can work out your business see if you can get the lie of the land see if you join industry podcasts join industry forums or discussions plenty take paste online um i've also followed some future casting futurologist is a profession that exists um and i like to follow a few of those they their, their job is literally to predict the future and can you see what's coming over the horizon and learn new skill again to, to make you flexible so katie i i am very thankful that a few years ago before it was fashionable or necessary i learned to facilitate workshops virtually a lot of people turned up their nose at that and go nah, no nah, I'm really comfortable in what I'm doing now and I prefer that anyway so I won't do it and they've been quite dismissive um so I was ahead of the curve so I'm you know feeling smug about that but I'm increasingly finding that people now want more of that but they they want to on their own platform or of their own system so one of the things that I'm doing at the moment is learning the same skills but learning on different platforms so although other people will now catch up and learn the same skills that I have because they'll have to I can still be ahead of the curve by learning how to do it on any given platform that a client has so already this week I'm taking time to learn some new online systems um two or three actually over the next week I've got it booked in to upskill myself so this is a great time to increase your skills and I know it probably feels tempting if you're in a dip or a bit of a crisis to spend all that time marketing or spend all that time chasing money but I think taking this time particularly if you things are quiet and you have time in your hands would be a really great time to learn something new which your customers will need for the future so that's that's my plan yeah exactly so um like one of the things I'm planning on doing is learning a little bit more coding stuff like I've taught myself a bit already and you know enough to be able to do some basic customizations but actually I really enjoy doing it and so then if I spend some more time in the in this kind of downtime period learning that that's an extra service I can offer to customers as and when things kind of start moving again I think the other thing you can think about is is there anything that you can do 
in terms of either a, a innovation or a new skill or anything that can make your how you do business more efficient so is there something that at the moment you're having to do repeatedly when you have clients or when you have customers and can you automate that by either learning a new skill or creating a video version of it or something where so that you can just simplify or streamline the process so when you do come back to having client work it's more efficient and it takes less of your time so do you spend a lot of time going back and forth with clients before they start working for you is the way of automating a kind of onboarding like service for that uh, you know there's various things that you can look at and go actually yeah this does take a lot of my time and here's how I can simplify it so that was another yeah. a thing that's a kind of an easy win like some kind of low-hanging fruit that will set you up for success as and when work starts coming back in in the way that it you know did before which is what we all hope will happen <laughs> Yeah, and listen to your customers as well. So if there's all, if you've ever heard people say, oh, I really wish I had this, or wouldn't it be good if it could do this? Or if, if, if just listen to their problems. And if they're telling you um, that there's certain problems they're experiencing repeatedly, or they're worried that they're going to have a problem in future, then there's an opportunity there for you to actually start putting that into effect now. So yeah, to find out about people's worries and problems. Um, and then I, the other thing I suppose we can we can do, we mentioned being a giver financially and supporting other businesses at this time as well, but also think about your customers and their needs. If you're feeling a little bit scared or a little bit uncertain uh, when we're going through a change or a crisis, then your customers are probably going to be feeling the same as well. So I suppose the it's really tempting at times like this to think, oh, how can I get money in? How can I support myself? The question is, would be, how can you support your customers? What do they need right now? So what are their pain points right now? And what things would really help them out? And all of us have things that we can do, skills that we have or products that we have that we can offer people. So I think the other thing we can do is be pro be quite proactive in understanding our customers' needs. So this week I've had a conversation with someone saying, hey, a lot of your, a lot of your clients are going to be dealing with this. I think I can create something that will help them deal with that. Or you guys must be going through a tough time right now. I imagine you're getting a lot of demand for this. I'm, I'm here to help. So, for example, if you're a copywriter, there's loads of companies right now that are probably trying to desperately get comms out to staff and customers to... Um to, to communicate Katie's mentioned people are desperate to update their websites or looking to create a website to create hubs of information to contact all their staff um so on and so forth you know what I mean coaches can help people find clarity and confusion graphic designers can create really handy infographics to get people to follow instructions really quickly so there are there are always things that we can do that our clients probably haven't thought of that they really need right now that, that that's the creativity bit and the, the, the struggle is that when we are feeling fearful or we're very focused inward or focused on a problem, well, our brain deals with a cognitive overload by just focusing on one or two solutions. And actually the mindset you need for creativity and innovation is one of relaxation and calm. So in David Rock's book, um, it's on my shelf, uh, Your Brain at Work, he describes how the innovation and creativity, the strategic thinking comes from being quite a calm um, and, and happy state, which is counterintuitive and quite hard to achieve, but that's where you'll find it. I've seen a, quite a few emails from people reaching out to help other people as well. So I, I really like that point you were saying, like, what, how can you communicate to your customers what, what they're struggling with and what they need? Like I saw an email this morning from someone that does PR that says, if you want me to review your communications before they go out, then I'm here to help. But here's, if you don't want to pay for my services, here's some free tips. And I think... Like, like you were saying about just helping people to feel calm and helping 
to get yourself in that place because you know you're helping people as well. Um, one of the things that I know we talked about, Michelle, is if you're if you're doing something specific to a particular you know crisis or if somebody if you if a few people are going through a difficult time and you know you have a service that can help them, do you feel worried about kind of that you're kind of profiteering from talking about your services that could help? You know you don't want to be that person who really insensitively sends out uh, you know a, a message to somebody just selling to them and trying to look like you're taking advantage of a difficult time. So how how can you let people know that you're there to help without seeming like you're trying to take advantage? Yeah, this is a debate that I've had in so many of um, like networking groups this week. People saying, look, I've got a solution which will really help people out of this. Is it okay to offer it, offer it to them? I feel a bit bad. And I think most people in the group, and I hope that most customers would agree that actually it's fine. If you, if you sell a product or service that people need right now, or you can create or offer a service that people need right now, I think that's fine. I think what a lot of people seem to be doing from my experience is firstly make sure you're genuinely adding value and quite a lot of people have like you say Katie having a free offer so here's some pre-recorded tips here's a few pointers that will really help you I've created this video for free that you can watch but then offer stuff for free so again be giving but also you should be paid for your expertise and one person one of the groups I was in this week said well you know Tesco sell things that people need right now like bread and loo roll um you know they're, they're charging for it they're not giving it away for free because people need it so it's okay to charge for things that genuinely add value provided that you know as you say katie you're not taking advantage and you're not price hiking uh, either so as long as you're not you know charging charging people through the nose for it i think that's fine in fact some people are even offering discounts or um not cheapening their product but offering discounts or offering more flexible ways to pay for things to actually genuinely help people yeah we did that with um the software that i run with mother half um we had somebody actually using it specifically for coronavirus situation that they want there was someone in um, in the us and they wanted to have a way to communicate which businesses locally were open and it's like a directory software that we make and so they signed up signed up for that and then we had a chat and actually said like both of us kind of wanted to give it to them for free during the crisis and we were like okay actually yeah you know, we, we need money at the moment but i think it's, we both felt it was the right thing to do and also if they've then had a positive experience they might talk to other people about the business and you know they've put a really nice message on now not not prompted by us they they chose to do it they put a message saying thank you so much to community box for supporting us by giving us the software for free and so you know who knows what that will lead to like the person who's doing it happens to run a marketing company we didn't know that when we offered but and we're like okay so they might have clients that could use it but ultimately the decision was because it was the right thing to do but there are potential business benefits to offering short-term relief on prices if it then helps to build your brand but obviously only if it does it in a way that's not completely detrimental so we'll still be charging most of our customers the same who are using it for business purposes but I think if you're doing it for a short term to kind of help people out I think we felt it's the right thing to do but we're still not sure how much to sort of promote that if people you know to people that sign up will contact them and tell them we're still not sure how much to talk about it publicly because we don't want someone to say like oh you're just jumping on the bandwagon so i think it's about yeah i balancing that it's a it is like you say it's a balancing act katie and again i think it comes back to intention and it comes back to whether or not you're offering genu genuine value to people and you're being quite reasonable with it as as well but i think it's okay to to offer those services 
um i i i would probably buy certain services now or buy them more urgently than i would at other times but that's that's just standard and i'm quite happy to do it if it's something that's really useful and i really need so um yeah i think it's okay to offer your offer, offer your services uh, as long as you're not uh, capitalizing on people's uh, pain or suffering too much yeah. and and speaking of of pain and and suffering uh, their Kate as well I mean we talked about looking after our customers I think the other thing you can do to protect your business in difficult times is to and to keep the show on the road in in terms of the theme of the today's podcast is is to look after yourself so it's one thing to protect your bank balance and your finances and it's one thing to protect your business and it's um, really important to put enough energy and effort into those but you also have to look after yourself, particularly as a freelancer. If you are your business, there is only one you. So if you are not fit and well, there is no business. So I think you are your most important asset. And I think looking after yourself at this point in time, emotionally, physically, mentally, is is something that you've got to do. And not just in difficult times, but I think all year round anyway, but particularly important. Kate, what are, the, what are some of the things you do to look after yourself? Because this is part of a, a group I've been on WhatsApp. We've been all been talking about what we're doing to look after ourselves this week. Um, what, what are your suggestions? Yeah, well, I guess from, from, from a freelance perspective, especially, obviously one of the things that that we all talk about already is the isolation that comes with freelancing and I mean that was the reason I set up Freelance Folk which is the you know the pop-up co-working sessions so obviously you know they are not going to be going ahead I hadn't formally cancelled them but I I will be formally cancelling them um and so we were looking at what else can we do because a lot of people even who even people like me who work from home a lot I still spend a lot of my time normally going out and doing face-to-face training. I have meetings with clients. And so it's very unusual in in a week for me to be at home more than like one or two full days. I'm generally out and about doing stuff, you know, about at least two or three days a week, I'd say. And so we were looking at, so one, one of the things we're going to be doing is a remote co-working session. So I've subscribed to the paid version of Zoom. So yeah, adding to their stocks going up um, so that I, so that we can do a remote co-working session so that we can all connect to each other and have a chat, but also have that kind of slight accountability to get some work done as well. Um, and so I think that's, I think just reaching out to other people, like I, I haven't been on Facebook for like a bazillion years, even even in the groups and stuff. I've really not been active in it, but I've started going in the groups a bit more just to kind of answer questions and connect to people. And yeah, I think have that feeling of not being too isolated. I mean, I'm really lucky that my partner works at home, so I'm not alone. But I think because he works in a different industry to me, and although we do run a business together, I spend most of my time on my own web design stuff and freelance folk and everything and so it's nice sometimes to have other people who are a bit more like a bit more in, on the same page about stuff as me in terms of what challenges we're experiencing so you know with with the joint business we have customers rather than clients we have subscribers to the software product whereas I have clients and s- subscriptions are kind of a bit nicer and I'm glad we have that element of the business to keep going because we have clients can kind of cancel at the drop of a hat and training obviously is very difficult so speaking to the people who are going through something similar is really nice. Um, and also, I think just I've been trying, like until, you know, until we had this kind of more severe lockdown, I've been trying to 
go and do like yoga classes and stuff. Um, and actually this morning I was on Facebook and there's a group for um, women who surf um, called Surf Senuitas. And one of the, the person that runs it who happens to live in Anglesey, um, she was she was kind of saying, right, what can we do to help people who are stuck at home and feeling like this? So they've started that someone's going to do some live, you know, remote yoga sessions and we're going to be possibly doing like just some Skype calls for people that want to have a chat. And because uh, I think people who aren't used to working from home are going to find it quite kind of quite tricky going from being in an office to them being completely isolated. So I think find ways to connect with people and like go even if it's not in a business sense like i say this group that i was in before that's um people who are doing surfing but one of the girls mentioned oh if anyone happens to have a small business that needs help please also share what you do here so, so we can help you so you might even find support and ways to help your well-being in groups outside of the business world as well so if you're if you've got any other hobbies or interests reach out to those people too and try and find ways to connect to them um, because it'll improve your well-being you never know if it might actually lead to you know some business in the future as well what about you michelle what have you been doing to help your well-being yeah same katie keep reaching out to people so we've got a video call in with uh with another freelancer tomorrow so yeah having a just a video call like or pick up the phone and talk to people so i've been making more effort rather than pinging emails back and forth i know a lot of the people i work with they're they're working from home now as well they don't normally work from home some of them so they'll go it they're going stir crazy so um basically just spending time from them we've got the zoom loads of whatsapp groups to reach out and connect with people and i'm getting different one different things from different groups some groups are quite practical some groups are they're offering emotional support and i've got a group call with one of my groups on monday and we are going to talk about mental resilience and how we can support each other emotionally as well then and so other ones katie i've been switching off social media i'm sick of hearing all the all the bad news and all the negativity i'm normally on twitter quite a lot but i've actually just taken a step back so i'm still on social media i'm just doing it in very small doses and just just stepping away when i'm just a bit fed up of being bombarded with negativity that's that's a big one i think find the right corners of the internet at, at times of crisis and if you're if you're struggling and again this applies whether you're in whether everyone's in a crisis or if it's just you who is in a crisis if you're not feeling great then find the right corners of the internet that make you feel better and just avoid the ones that make you feel worse i think is the most sensible thing yeah there is a hilarious story on twitter about a girl who got stuck in a german spa got locked out of a german spa in the nip so mm. uh check have a have a look for that on twitter it was like <laughs> light in my day uh, and all the random stuff people are doing to entertain themselves it really made me laugh and, and katie i think the other ones are some of the normal stuff so i still go for a walk every morning you know some people think that self-isolating uh, with regards to coronavirus means um you have to stay in your house at this point in time it really doesn't and if you go out walking as long as you're two meters away from everybody it doesn't really matter so find some open space and walk or run yeah. or cycle so i think as long as you don't have symptoms then yeah get yourself out into the the fresh air i think it's a bit different if you have symptoms and you might be kind of touching things as you go out and about and like you know coughing onto things yeah but if, as, as, as a handrails and stuff as a social distancing thing rather than self-isolating because of symptoms i think at the moment there's no harm in going out and fresh air. Like I'm in a group of people who do um, surfing and open water swimming stuff. And, you know, everyone's like, yeah, the ocean's pretty much big enough for us to keep a sensible distance apart. So we're going to assume it's fine to keep doing that. 
Um, and like you say, yeah, it's good Great. to get that fresh air and to keep you from going a bit mad as well. Yeah. And you know, Jolly Joggers here in New Mills, they posted a picture of themselves on Sunday and like with their arms spanned out, proving <laughs> that they were two metres apart. So they went running quite far away from each other. So exercising, eating well as well. We're still getting our veg box delivered. I know people are stocking up on dry pasta and and things. That's not a really healthy dinner. So uh, get a veg box delivered or make sure you get your greens and just eat well. And of course, sleep. And I think that's really tempting to put all hands to the to the grindstone all hands to the pump and to really work yourself silly in order to work your way out of a situation but you can't be innovative or you can't give your energy if you haven't got it so it, it can be hard but sleep is important as well so all the usual stuff just look after yourself like a proper grown-up yeah all, all, the, all the grown-up adulting stuff is typically but that's had a sharper focus at the moment and if you have been working really hard recently and this is you know and and you're getting a kind of bit of a slowdown this is an ideal opportunity for you to give yourself a bit of a break and before you then sort of jump into the next chapter you know can you do a little staycation you know can you can you give yourself a break can you do stuff around the home that you've been putting off doing because of work that will make you feel better can you create you know can you set up your working environment to to make it something that was actually more conducive for you doing work in the future or can you you know like i cleaned my house at the weekend and it just made such a difference to making me feel like kind of yeah this is a nice place to be and I'm going to enjoy spending time here and we just we sold a load of crap on eBay so that we kind of you know a bit less cluttered and everything and so just what steps can you take to kind of make your work environment the best it can be yeah and I've got a little upcycling project that I'm doing at the moment so um I've been yeah been doing that the last couple of days just for a little bit a little bit of time here and there so yeah i think look after you look after your environment and i think that is that that is true every single day of the year but uh, definitely good for prevention rather than rather than cure and speaking of that katie let, we've talked a lot about um how we can look after our business or how we can deal with a crisis or better prepare ourselves to navigate a crisis of course it'd be better if we could plan for the future and be ready for any changes or crises that happen in the future and so when I worked for a large corporation we had a business continuity plan and that was basically a really boring way of saying having plan b for every aspect of the business and you can do this for your own business so if you're thinking well look, I'm okay now but I want to know that I'm ready you can sort of do a look like a little spot analysis strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats you can look at those and brainstorm those for your business you can also do this by asking yourself some what if questions about different aspects of your business business so money for example you know sit down and do a bit of planning what happens if your costs shoot up what if you need to pay some upfront costs to pivot an emergency what if I can't do paid work for a while what can I do to get paid right now um, think about your location what if I can't work in my usual location like your house or a co-working space what if I can't what if my internet goes um, do I have mobile data can I can I borrow from a neighbor what if suppliers put their prices up or what if my suppliers go out of business software what if what if it no longer supported what if they ch change their offering am i too reliant on one piece of software people what if my copywriter goes sick uh could i brief someone else quickly am i able to hand that work to somebody else and my health and, and well-being what if i'm bed bound or what if i'm unable to work or have a, a health episode so money location suppliers internet people software every aspect of your business just ask yourself a series of what 
um, what if questions. Spot what the potential risks are and the opportunities, of course. Make a plan. And then, of course, what the larger businesses do is rehearse the plan. So if you think that working from your parents' house is a good alternative, if your internet is down, for example, go work from your parents' house for a day just to check that it's feasible and that um, it actually works. Or if you think that you can run your webinar off mobile data, maybe try running one off mobile data so that if you ever need to use your plan B, you know that actually there aren't any unforeseen yeah that's what we're doing for the remote co-working stuff so like before i do it with the normal people the normal people sorry michelle i've just basically implied that you're abnormal (laughs) before we do it with the with the wider group on friday me and michelle and another friend are doing a test run so i could check that i understand how to use the software correctly and, and it all works and then we're going to roll it out to the kind of regular people that come to the co-working sessions to do the remote one. And if that then works, then I'm going to open it up to the wider freelance community. But I don't want it to sort of jump straight into it, not having a clue what I'm doing. And then it just be a really bad experience for everybody. So yeah, doing test runs if you can, because it's still going to be a nice thing to do. I'm still going to get the benefit of having a chat with some lovely other freelance people. So I think if you can work out how to do a test run, that's always a good idea. Yeah. And you could do a little risk analysis business of your risk analysis of your business as well. And the two things to consider are probability. So how likely is something to be a problem for your business and how much impact is it likely to have should it happen? So if you and, and then you can sort of work out you've got different options. So do you just live with the risk? Do you just learn how to manage it? Do you transfer it or get assurance for it or do you avoid it altogether? And so the general rule of thumb is if something is um, not very likely to happen, and not likely to have a big impact on your business, then it's something you could probably live with. If you identify something that is um, very likely to happen, but won't really have that much of an impact, can you put a plan in place to manage it? If something is um, really gonna have a really big impact on your business, but it's very unlikely to happen, can you transfer the risk? And by that, I mean, can you get insurance for it? So maybe accident, sickness, unemployment cover, or could you transfer the risk by transferring it to someone else? So can you delegate uh, or collaborate? And then the final one, if if something's a risk to your business and um, it's very likely to happen and it's likely to have a huge impact on your business, then how do you avoid it like the plague? And you may have to take steps to just head that off at the pass and just not deal with it completely so you can perform a little risk analysis a little SWOT analysis Um, I can provide links to all of these and just different tools you can use to maybe do some of that horizon scanning and just make sure that you are fit and healthy and that your business is ready to weather any storm and obviously not that many of us foresaw a global pandemic of this proportion but (laughs) I think it's kind of opened our eyes and what my hope is that it's I'm hopeful that a lot of businesses can weather the storm and come out the other side actually being more robust and sustainable as a result of this because it's made people really kind of think about what ways they can, like you say, diversify, other ways to be creative, establishing new relationships or kind of reaffirming old ones. I'm, I'm hopeful that businesses will actually ultimately be more sustainable as a result, but I do fear for the people who are going to struggle to actually get through it so i think just yeah any way we can help those people 
is always good as well. Definitely. And remember that every every crisis, I've probably final point is that every crisis is an opportunity. So where there's problems uh, that need solving, there's an opportunity. And of course, people pay to solve problems. That's how businesses are built. So although it may not feel great to be beset with problems or, or, or we do worry about the problems that are out there, actually, this is a great opportunity to, to find something that's of value to people that could be really, really helpful to people. And you've got the opportunity with your skills and your knowledge, I'm sure, to help people through some really hard times. So um, I, that's a, that's a, a slightly more positive spin on it. You yeah. Know, for all the bad stuff out there, you can find the solution. And I take personally some satisfaction from that. Yeah, playing your part and doing your bit to like help other people. It feels good, like helps your well-being as well. So it's a win-win-win situation. Um, so totally. obviously in every episode, we always finish with a kind of our favourite top tips from what we've talked about. So Michelle, if you could just say one piece of advice for people who are struggling in a crisis, what would it be? Oh, that's a tough one for, for this one, Katie. Um, I would pr- probably say... Um, just just kind of learn learn from it so whatever's happening right now there's probably some useful information in there so use it as an opportunity to learn and um to actually strengthen your business by by developing and growing there's 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 probably an opportunity in there uh, presenting itself and once we've had that little panic and we've got the other side we're in our reflection phase there are opportunities so definitely look for those and focus on those it's not only practical for your business but it's much better for your well-being as well what about you Katie I'd probably say don't suffer in silence you know reach out to people don't be embarrassed to ask for help um in some ways it's a a, it's never a good time to be in a crisis but at least everybody's in the same boat and so I think you're not going to be sticking your head above the parapet if you say I'm stuck and everyone then turns and looks at you you're going to have a lot of people going yeah me too let's see how we can work this out so I think yeah ask ask for help or look for opportunities where you can sort of say what your business is and how you need help but I think before you do that be clear on what help you actually want that's something we haven't really covered much in this podcast but if you if you're going to ask for help know what would help you and what's feasible and what isn't so obviously you know oh if if you say okay what would help is actually me being able to run an event that brings 500 people together that's not going to happen so in the absence of that what what things could you do and how could people help you? So it, it, I think people find it much easier to help if they know how they can do it really clearly and you know what time they're gonna need to give or what financial um, uh, costs they're gonna have to pay. So get clear on what you, what you want, or if you're not clear, ask people for ideas, but then once you know what you want, ask for help with it. So that brings us to the end of the podcast then, Katie. So, um, that yes so that's dealing with a crisis and keeping the show on the road so i hope that everyone listening to this is in a, is in a good place and um is inspired by having some ideas about how to deal with it we if you are listening to this at the time of the coronavirus then we hope that you are keeping well and that you are keeping yourself healthy and in a, in a really good place and we wish you the, the best of luck with uh, navigating all of that from us from us to you absolutely from us. there's nothing nothing more important than people exactly yeah keep keep looking after yourself and checking in on the people in your community and making sure they're okay and i think you know we're we're we've been doing this podcast remotely for um coming up to a year now since i moved away to anglesey so this podcast will be 
keeping the show on the road. We'll be continuing to record episodes about other freelance challenges um, in, in the coming weeks. So of course, you know, always um, subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe to us so that you catch all the episodes and you can take the time to catch up with our previous episodes if you wish. We've got a back catalogue of over 50 episodes now. So if there's areas that you would like to kind of have maybe some different uh, different perspectives on different challenges of freelancing, then now's a good time to go back and listen to all of them. Um, but obviously, if there's anything that we haven't covered yet, let us know. We're on Twitter at 99problemscast, so the number 99, problems, and then cast as in podcast. So if there's any topics that you'd like us to cover in the next few weeks, then drop us a line there and let us know. But otherwise, we will see you next time for another episode of 99 Problems, But a Boss Ain't One.